Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. I wanted to follow up a little bit for just a few moments on last week's message where we talked about, is it going to be your plan or God's plan? I was amazed immediately after service all of the comments that came because of that message. And through that week, there were text messages and emails that had touched people's hearts greatly. I believe it's important that we understand the greatest thing we can do is follow God's plan for our life. The greatest thing we can do is live in obedience to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We need to understand today that yes, in fact, God does have plans for our life. And He can reveal those plans to us, but if we don't follow through, if we don't obey, if we don't pursue Him, it's all for naught. I've come this morning to tell you, you have a place in the kingdom, not just as a born-again believer, a son or a daughter, but you have a place specifically set aside for you to step into a role and reach people for Jesus Christ. So you can reach people that I can never reach. I can reach people that you can't reach. The Dunnings are reaching people that we can't reach, but we're helping them do so. We all have a role to play, a place where obedience is required in our life. Psalm 37, verses 33 and 34, we talked briefly about it last week. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. That tells us that when we're pursuing God, if we stumble, if we stub our toe, he's already got us. He's going to uphold us and strengthen us. So many times people choose not to follow God because they're afraid they will fail. Can I tell you this, my friend? If you choose to follow God, the plans He has for you are greater than anything you could ever dream or imagine. When He walks with you and you walk with Him, you will go places you never thought you would go, see things you never thought you would see, do things you never thought you would do, and you'll see the kingdom of God grow and expanded because you choose to obey Him. It's all about obedience, friends. It's interesting, when Jesus wanted to teach kingdom principles, he often used parables. And there's a parable in Matthew chapter 21 about the two sons. And Jesus is using this parable expressly to teach us the premise of obedience. Let's read that ver those verses, can we? Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 28. But what do you think? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. Bit of rebellion there, wasn't there? Does that describe anyone in this room today? Have you ever said to God, I will not, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do that. I'm not doing it. You ever said that? I'll raise my hand. I have. There's a few of us that are honest. The rest of you need to repent. Because I can assure you that every person at one time or another has said that to the father. The son said to him, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it. What did he regret? He regretted his attitude. He regretted his disobedience. He regretted his rebellion against his father. So he regretted it. And then the Bible says he went. In other words, he turned around. He repented. He said, I'm going to do what my father's asking me to do because 
he's my father. So if you understand the relationship you have with the heavenly father, you understand obedience is mandatory. It is not optional. And when the father gives you an assignment or asks you to do something, you cannot sit with your hands folded in pious prayer and say, I'll figure this out. And if I feel like it, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to say something here that may rock your boat. When God reveals things to you that align with his word, when he says specific things to you, you don't need to pray about it. Love the way you're shouting now. When God tells you to do something specifically, you don't need to pray about it. You need to do it. Through all the years of pastoring, it's been interesting to notice that God speaks to people's heart. and He's trying to encourage them to step out and get involved in the harvest. And they come to me and they say, Pastor, I think we should do this, that, or something else. What they're saying is we think you should do it. And my response is always the same. When are you going to start? See, because if God speaks something to you, it's for you to do. He didn't speak something for you to come to me and tell me that's my job to do it. No, when he speaks to you, it's for you. So when are you going to start? When are you going to obey? When are you going to follow through? Then we read on verse 29, or excuse me, verse 30. Then he came to the second, the second son, and said, likewise. He answered and said, I go, sir, but he did not go. Look at the next verse. Which of the two did the will of the father? And they said to him, the first. Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots entered the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. So he's talking to the priest. The Pharisees. He's in the temple. It's the last week of Jesus' life. And he's just cleansed the temple. And he's speaking with authority. He's teaching. And they're saying, by what authority are you doing this? And so he tells them this parable. He talks to them about the son who wouldn't obey, but then repented and obeyed. And the son who said, I will do it, but never followed through. You know what that tells us? Words are really cheap. You got to walk the walk. I know a lot of believers can talk the talk. I mean, they can spout theology. They can go down all kinds of arguments. They can memorize and recite the scripture. But until you put it into practice and walk the walk, you're just like the second son. It's time to walk the walk, church. When God speaks something in your life, do it. It may seem something, it will seem something that you can't do in and of yourself. God doesn't need you to do things in the flesh. He needs you to do things in the power of the Spirit of God. What do you think those disciples thought on the day of Pentecost when Jesus had told them 40 days prior, after this, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and you'll receive power to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and in the uttermost part of the earth. How could they do that? They're fishermen. They haven't traveled. They've been in Judea and Galilee their entire lives. How can they go to all the world? Not through the flesh, but through the power of the Spirit of God. I can assure you this morning, the Dunnings didn't go to Africa 15 years ago because they thought there's something that we can use our education, 
our abilities to do for the kingdom. They went under the power of the Spirit of God, and then God used all those things they brought. Folks, you can go and take an alcoholic to treatment. You can dry him out, sober him up, clean him up, put him in a new suit of clothes. But if you don't have a change of heart, he's just a better looking alcoholic. Come on, folks, it's time to hear me this morning. Obedience is what this is all about. Being willing to follow God wherever he leads, to do whatever he asks, to respond, not I'll do it and then forget it. This is what a lot of us do. We hear the voice of God. We know what he wants us to do. We say, yeah, I'll do it when I get time. I'll do it when my life is in a place where I can. I'll do it when my kids are grown. I'll do it when I have money in the bank. I'll do it when I retire. Oh, hear me. He's not interested in you doing it tomorrow. He's interested in you doing it today. He's looking for a people who will be obedient to his word. Who'll say, yes, Lord, put me in. Put me in. You know why we often don't do that? Because we're afraid that it might be hard. It might be difficult. Someone may laugh at us, scorn us, reproach us. But we need to understand when we obey God, it's worth it all. It's worth it all. Play that video for me, would you, Jada? Jim Caviezel, the actor who played Jesus in the movie The Passion of the Christ, took Romans 8.13 to a whole new level. Check this out. And so, again, I, go, was, at the, I was scourged, uh, accidentally hit with, um, during the carrying of the cross, my shoulder was dislocated. Up on the cr cross, uh, I had, you know, I, I weighed 210 pounds. Uh, in the filming, I was about 168. I was so sick, I kept throwing up, had my both lungs filled with fluid, pneumonia. After the movie was over, many people don't know, and I don't talk about it too much, but I had have to have heart surgery. So I was struck by lightning on the last shot of the day. So <laughs> That's the, kind so of a moving encounter right there. <laughs> so what I'm telling you, it, wow. you know, if you want to be a Christian, you know, you're in for it. How about that? I couldn't say it any better. We often hesitate or fail to follow because we're afraid of what we walk through or endure. Hasn't he already promised I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Hasn't he already declared I will provide everything you need? Hasn't he already said over your life when you're full of the Holy Ghost and walking in my presence and my anointing, there is nothing that can stop you. Oh, come on, church, it's time to move into a level of obedience that we have never explored to this point in our lives. Philippians chapter 4, Paul wrote it this way in verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Wow. If you haven't memorized that scripture, you should. You got to glue it everywhere you can glue it, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. Contentment is a huge gift from God that only comes as we choose to pursue him and obey him. Too many Christians are not content. They're still climbing the ladder. They're still trying to do one better. They're still trying to outdo the, the neighbor or their family member. Godliness with contentment is great gain, the scripture says. Will you read on verse 12? 
I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. That's an amazing thing. I learned how to have a lot and how to have a little. I learned to have my belly full and to be hungry. And then the famous scripture that everybody memorizes, verse 13, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, believers take that scripture completely out of context, and that say, they say, that means I can leap walls. I can stop speeding bullets. I become Superman. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, look at the context. He's saying when times are hard, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When times are good, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't matter the state of my present circumstance. I have learned to be content in Him. And because of that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What a principle of obedience. We stop relying on ourselves when we begin relying on God. And it's amazing what He does in our lives. But too often... We're like my kids were when they were growing up. I taught them to work very, very early because I believe a work ethic is very important in everybody's life. And if you're lazy, stop it. Learn to work. Oh boy, you're shouting now. I taught them very early to work. They had chores they had to do. And often they would do them, but they would doing, do them griping, grumbling, complaining. And then on occasion, they just went and did it themselves. I can remember when Chris, my oldest son, was about five years old, and I told him he needed to go out and pull all the weeds out of the flower bed. That's a job a five-year-old can do. They know a weed from a flower. It's not a big deal. That was one of his chores. But one day, he just went out there and started doing it without being told. He pulled every weed. It looked so good. And then he looked at me and said, Dad, it sure is hot. Can we go to Dairy Queen? You see, he used what I told him to do to try to manipulate me to get what he wanted. We can't do that as believers. We can't attempt to manipulate God to get what we want. We have got to obey him and then walk in that obedience. Sometimes, though, I think we are doing things just to manipulate God into doing what we think he should do. Tom, come back. I'm wrapping this up. Jeff, come to tell you this morning that there is no, no negotiation with God. If you understand the fact that you were lost and now found, you were blind but now see, that you are hell-bound, but now heaven-bound. If you understand the fact that you're a son or a, child, a daughter of God, then you understand I have to obey my Father. I must obey my Father. I can't negotiate with Him. I can't say, hey, here's my list of what I will do. Here's my list of what I won't do. Never say never to God, because He's probably going to put you in that never. He's probably going to stretch you and challenge you and cause you to obey him. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, I don't know who this for, but somebody in this room today or online needs to hear it. Paul wrote, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. The newer versions use the word irrevocable. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. You don't age out of service in the kingdom of God. 
something for each one of us to do. And in his calling and in our obedience, there's no room for negotiation. I remember I was 22 when God called me to preach. I didn't want anything to do with it. I had seen preachers. The church I was forced to attend had 17 preachers in 15 years. They destroyed pastors in that church. They were horrible people. That was the picture that I had. I wanted nothing to do with it. But at that time, I was also a private pilot. And so I began thinking, hey, there's this organization called Mission Aviation Fellowship. And I could probably use my gifts and talents and serve them and do what I really like to do. And that's fly. But somewhere in that thought process and in that chain of events that followed, God stopped me. And he said, I didn't call you to be a pilot. I called you to be a preacher. Will you obey or not? That's the bottom line. Will you obey or not? When God reveals something to you, something that is specific for you, some place that you will serve in his kingdom and expand it, will you be obedient? And will you be faithful? Hebrews 3, 18 and 19, the writer is talking about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And you know the story. Moses sent in 10 spies to the promised land, or 12 spies to the promised land. 10 came back and said, we can't do it. Two said, we could. Because of their unbelief, the generation that followed him out of Egypt died in the wilderness. And this is what the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews 3, 18 and 19. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Did you notice what he did? He connected disobedience and unbelief together. And he's saying when we disobey God, we're expressing unbelief towards God. See, so many times we say, God, this is what I want. And God's just waiting for you to shut up so he can tell you what he wants. I said it last week, I'll say it again. Maybe you never hear the voice of God because you're too busy telling him what you want him to say. Stand your feet with me today. The Spirit of God is in this place. He has been from the first note. He has been before the doors were unlocked this morning. And he came to meet you and me, to minister life to you and me, to bring aid and direction to you and me. He came to do something for us today. All it requires to step into that is your obedience. So you're here today and you say, you know, you talked about me, you read my mail. I'm the one who always negotiates with God. I know God has an assignment for me and I have resisted it. I pushed it away because I don't want to do that. I have other plans. But today you say, Father, I choose obedience. And I choose to follow you. That's you, right where you stand. Step out and come, and we're going to pray, and God's going to touch your life. As Tom begins to sing, that's you. Step out and come. This message was for you, not for anyone else, for you. Step out and come right now. 
Those of you online, just stand right where you're at. Throw your hands up into the air and surrender. And say, Lord, do a new work in me. Change me. Make me be the person you want me to be. Give me the courage, strength to follow you. Come on, that's you. There's a lot more in this room today that need to step out and respond. Holy Spirit is just waiting on you to come. He's waiting on you to say, I will obey. As these are coming this past week, we, Yvonne and I had the opportunity to talk with our three missionaries, Ava, Haley, and Bailey. We talked to them for over an hour. They had so many things to tell us. And as they were talking, I remember each one of them at different times in our house. When I said to them, why don't you pray about going to the awakening? Because it could really bring direction to your life. And on the call, Ava said, oh, God has showed me some things that I can't wait to tell you. She's going to tell you about it the first Sunday of August. You need to be here on August 6th when those three girls come back and tell you what their obedience brought into their lives. You know, I believe we sent them out girls, but they're coming back women. Women of God. Others, I'm still waiting on you. God's waiting on you to take that step and say, I will obey. I will obey. I've negotiated and I've lost. I've resisted and I've been overcome. Today, I will obey. I'm waiting on you. Step out and come this morning. God's going to do something significant in the lives of these who have obeyed. pray for each and every one of these individuals who are standing in this altar Lord this isn't about me it's about you and them I don't need to lay hands on them this morning you need to touch them right now break down every argument every aspect of fear and uncertainty destroy it in Jesus name Lord I pray for a new level of obedience to begin flowing into their lives and as they begin to obey you, you're going to take them where they never thought they would go. They're going to see things they never thought they would see. They're going to do things in the kingdom they never even dreamed about doing. Take them right now as we submit, as we surrender. Take them to that new level of obedience. Those of you standing here, just slip your hands up, would you? Raise your hands. It's a sign of submission and surrender. By raising your hands, you're saying, God, I submit to you. I surrender to your will. I will do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it brings some uncertainty into my life. Lord, you will lead me. You will guide me. And I will follow you in a new level of obedience. You made it to the end of the message. And now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.